I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan. Your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs hosted by Superfine Art Fair. Hello, business artists. You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, and that means, my friend, you are certifiably awesome. I'm Alex Mito. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair. We are the most widespread art fair for independent artists in the U.S. We're also one of the best resources for all the tips and tricks you need to jumpstart your art career. Today, we've got art advisor Alan Bamberger back here with us on the mic. Alan is going to share what not to do in order to exhibit your work, those fails, those things that you do that get in the way of you exhibiting and selling your art. I can't wait to get started. But first, before we do anything, here's an offer for you ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and unsure about the next move in your career? Good news, those days are over. Since 2015, we've spent thousands of hours developing the best art fair model for independent artists just like you who want to take control of your career, build your collector list, and make a real sustainable income from your art. Superfine started with the connection between artists and an eager, empowered, qualified buying audience. So many alternatives didn't provide any real value for the artists who spent their precious time, hard-earned money, and major effort mounting and exhibiting their work without the results to back it up. And that meant that it was time for something new. For seven years, Superfine has focused on breaking down these barriers and creating sustainable economic opportunities for artists to build careers from our fair. To find your place at a Superfine fair, simply visit www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. Don't miss the chance to be part of the top business artist community in the world. Oh, and when you mention the artist business plan, you'll receive $150 credit on your booth, no matter what size or city you choose. So that's $150 off. Go online to www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art to set up your qualification call with James and get started selling your art with Superfine today. Again, that's www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. All right, so we are back here with Alan Bamberger. Alan is an art consultant, advisor, author, and independent appraiser specializing in research, appraisal, and all business and market aspects of original works of art, artist manuscript materials, art-related documents, and art reference books. He's been selling art since 1979, selling rare and scholarly art reference books since 1982, and has been consulting, advising, and appraising for artists, galleries, businesses, organizations, and collectors since 1985. Welcome back to the Artist Business Plan, Alan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And we have had you on the show before, and I encourage our listeners to go back into the archives on our website, listen to that episode. But to help new listeners get to know you, can you describe to us the last piece of art you saw that really excited you? Well, you know, that's always a difficult one for me because uh, for me, after looking at art so long, all day, every day for decades, uh, Trying to pick favorites, uh, just it just doesn't work for me anymore. It's like th- my conception of art or the way I look at it is like I'm standing on the uh, banks of the Mississippi River watching everything flow by. Occasionally something catches my attention, but I'm more interested now in the uh, kind of the meta level, the way it all flows as opposed to what the particular uh, uh, the items are that may pass me by. So I really can't say. 
everything impresses me one way or another. There's always something to learn. There's always something to uh, uh, pay attention to, uh, regardless of what the art is and even how good it is. Actually, I love that answer, Alan, because it's a question I get from artists. I also, I work in film as well. And I get from artists, filmmakers, chefs, everybody is like, is my work original? Should I even be making it? Like, it's, is it derivative? And the answer is yes, because it's your work and that differentiates it. So you're always, it, it, you know, if you're, if you're being authentic to yourself and you're doing your best work, there's always going to be someone out there that resonates with. And so I, I appreciate you sharing that there's all, there's, you know, I always say there's no bad art. There's bad, there's bad marketing, there's bad uh, communications, but art is this beautiful thing that can be interpreted by anybody differently. So I think that's a, that's a really cool answer. It brings up a lot for me as well. Thank you. And there's another thing I'd like to add to uh, uh, what you just said there is that when an artist asks me that question, uh, those kind of questions, is my art any good? Should I stop? Should I start? It's like, look, you get in the mirror and you look at yourself and you ask yourself those questions. And if you're shaky about it, if the answer is I don't know or I don't know, maybe you should stop. If the answer is yes, I'm going to persevere regardless because I want to see what's coming down the pike, then you start or keep on or do whatever you're doing. But those are questions not for third parties. You ask those questions to third parties, it's like torturing yourself because everybody's going to have a different answer. Yeah, I agree. And so artists, look inside yourselves, find that that drive to continue and push forward with your work. Love it. Thank you so much, Alan. I want to dive into today's topic with you because I have so much to share with our artists. So let's jump from the top here. This is, a, this is a big one. What is the number one reason an artist's application is disqualified? Like an application to exhibit your work, why? What's that number one reason that artists are turned down? Uh, there are several ones that uh, stand out to me. Uh, they don't follow the instructions. That's number one. Uh, they ignore word counts. They make grammatical errors. They provide poor photographs of their work. The upshot of all those that I just mentioned is one thing. They don't really care about putting a quality application together. And the people who are looking at these applications typically have, if the offer is any good, way more than they can handle. So they will look for any way to disqualify you without having to even read a word. So I like how you started that one off, Alan. It's it's not following instructions. And you would think that's so obvious, but people don't. And so it's like, first step, do what they're asking you to do. And that, you know, and I'll kind of add to that a little bit. Uh, every organization out there is going to have slightly different criteria. Um, so you might have your your form letter, the way that you normally do it, et cetera. But taking that just five minutes to read their procedure and what they're looking for, if they're looking for three images and you send 35 I mean, I can speak from experience, but I, if I get that as an art fair organizer, I'm like, this is too much. It's too much to go through. Likewise, if they say they need 10 high quality images and you send two and they're low quality, also, you didn't follow the instructions. So I love that as a kind of a jump off answer and everything else you said as well, Alan. Right. That's right. The following the instructions, it's just it, people who are making these offers or putting together these shows. They want artists who are responsible. They want artists who uh, that are solid, firm, 
uh, uh, they know where they're going. They know what their outlook. They can explain everything themselves. They can write about it. They want these kind of people in their shows. There's a, a, too many people today. They just think they can do whatever they want to do, or they're just not that interested in reading a bunch of instructions. And that's going to get you every time. Yeah, we know it's interesting. We get the question a lot, like when we're interviewed um, for articles or whatever by third parties, and they're like, you know, what is the curatorial process like for Superfine? And there's definitely an aesthetic curatorial process. There's a price range curatorial process. There's how you place your art on the walls, which we give a lot of feedback on. But really the number one thing, and artists out there listening, I know there's thousands of you who listen to the show who might not have participated in our affairs. Number one thing is we have a process for uh, applying to the fair. It's not that rigorous, but there, it's a little effort. You've got to sit down for 30, 40 minutes, consider what your answers are, make sure you submit the images. That is the number one qualifier, disqualifier. Most artists who are able to go through that demonstrate a level of professionalism and receptiveness to curatorial feedback that means they're going to be a good, super fine exhibitor and do well in the fairs. So that is a big criteria. And if, you know, whether it's a gallery, whether it's a film festival, if you're a, a filmmaker, whatever it may be, that kind of like intrinsic level of attention to what's being asked of you is such a qualifier. So just bear that in mind. I think that's incredible advice. Um, and thank you again for, for sharing that, Alan. There's one more thing that's important. Is this opportunity right for me? You have to take a look at past shows. If it's your show, does my art look like the art that they show here? If I make six by eight foot paintings, I'm probably not going to get into your show. For example, does it look like the art? Are my price points the same? Uh, are my resume, is my resume similar to the artists who show? You have to take a look at it along as many, uh, uh, in as many ways as, as uh, possible so that you can make sure you are a fit for the show. You don't want to apply and get in and then nothing happens. Exactly. Like segmenting your opportunities and not just trying to go for everyone will lead to less disappointment and think, you know, actually thinking like, do I fit into this program? Like, and the size thing is a really good example, Alan, because, you know, our show uh, is very much about grab and go work. So definitely some larger pieces that go over, you know, we call it like over the couch artwork, like somebody comes in and they really need a big piece. Um, but yeah, if you're making like, you know, yeah, 10 foot long murals, I mean, it's not the audience. It's not really the event for you. And probably we're going to notice that and, and, you know, either get back to you with some feedback on it or possibly deny the application. So really thinking about where do I fit? Where does my work fit? Um, it's a sculpture show and you're a photographer think about it before applying to that show, but a lot of people don't. And so really thinking about that is so key. Um, all right, moving on to our second question. Um, what are some other criteria? Let's say like, not smaller, but let's say like more of the minutia little points that artists should be thinking about, um, when they're applying to exhibit their work. What are some of those criteria? What are you going to be showing how does it all fit together? What's the point of what you're showing? Why should people pay attention to what you're showing? It's a good idea to um, kind of run it by friends, associates, uh, uh, before, you, before you go ahead to make sure you got to curate your own work. You can't just bring whatever you feel like and confuse people because that is not going to get a lot of uh, attention uh, 
at your booth. I like that. Thinking about what you're showing, what you're bringing to the table. Again, how does it fit into the overall equation of what is that event or what is that exhibition showcasing? And then really putting that thought in right. before you it, it all has to fit together visually somehow. If someone is walking by your booth and they have booth after booth after booth, it's a competition. Uh, they have to be able to look in your booth where each piece uh, uh, plays off of the other ones. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts strength in numbers, that type of thing. And they have to feel like, oh, I can get this. Uh, th this makes sense to me. Maybe I have to ask a question or two, but I can get it. And I like it. And that is kind of the way that you edge out the other booths that may be a little more confusing. Uh, one of this, one of that, one of these, one of those. I see all kinds of booths. I was at the recent Super Fine Art Fair. Some of them catch my attention. Some of them are like, this is too confusing for me to spend my time trying to figure it out. Yep, exactly. And it, I think sometimes it's straddling that line between standing out to where, you know, you do something cool. Like we recommend to artists sometimes to change your wall color, to have some like neat feature that brings people in, but overall to make sure your work is cohesive and that a person walking by who's got limited amount of time and limited attention span to look at 40, 60, 80, 120 booths can actually make sense of your work in that split second enough so that they can be drawn in to have that conversation with you. Right. Some of the, uh, some artists think that, oh, I'm going to bring something for everyone. So I don't leave anybody out, no matter who they are, they're going to find something they like. Something for everyone often turns out to be nothing for anyone because it just doesn't make sense. It overwhelms people. And like you said, they have limited time. They want to see everything. They don't have the time to sit and ask a bunch of questions. And well, what about this piece? What about that? It just, it just, it's not going to happen. Agreed. You got to get them in first. So that's a, that's a really good first criteria there. Um, all right. So we're going to talk about different kinds of exhibitions. Um, you know, and, and, and honestly, I may learn something here because I've run an art fair for nine years, but I've never been an artist participating in any other type of exhibition. So I know a lot about art fairs, not a ton about these others. So how are juried exhibitions, gallery exhibitions and art fairs different in their application process and how should artists approach them? For uh, a lot of a lot of what I've been saying is is exactly the same. I mean, you have to start with the instructions. You have to go on to the gallery's website, for example see who they show, see what they show. Most importantly, you have to check out the resumes, assuming your art is a, a visually similar to what they already show. You have to check out the resumes of the artists who show there. If they all have 30-year experience resumes and you've got three, chances are you're not going to show there. If the work sells in the twelve dollars to $40,000 range and yours sells in the five dollars to $1,200 range, chances are you're not going to show there. Once again, you have to match it up. As far as other opportunities go, grants, residencies, that sort of thing, uh, all the criteria I mentioned at the outset of this interview, uh, read the instructions, pay attention to word counts, check your grammar, all of that stuff, all of that applies. But once again, if you can see what other artists applications look like 
That would be good if you can see the statements of artists who actually get accepted into these opportunities, whether they're grants, residencies, or gallery shows. Do their statements match up with my statement or what I believe about my art or my philosophy or what I'm trying to communicate? All of those things. It has to be more or less of a match for a gallery to even pay attention. I, I 100% agree with you, Alan. And, and again, really, those, those first things, guys, if you take anything away from this episode, I really thinking about that, um, taking those few minutes to an hour, whatever it may be, at the beginning of an application, whether it's for art fair, grant, gallery, juried exhibition, and making sure you've read their instructions and that you're doing it to the T, that's going to put you ahead no lie of like 70% of people, maybe 80, maybe 90, like really reading the instructions, doing it exactly as they want it to be done makes their lives easier. And I will add, I will add something to that, which is that you have to remember always that there are other people on the end of this. It's not like a big mystery organization. There are just human beings reviewing everything. And well, at least for now, we'll see what AI does. But um, the moment there's human beings. So Really thinking that, you know, let's say you're applying to a gallery, you're probably applying to a place where one person is is responsible for reviewing every submission coming in um, and thinking about that person's time and and not making them go on a scavenger hunt or like download a file that's the wrong file type or whatever it may be. All those things are immediate. Like your work would have to be 8,000 times better to overcome uh, making those errors in the submission process. So I, I, I think that's a really good point to drive home. Uh, thank you for that, Alan. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether you, uh, it doesn't matter whether your art is 8,000 times better because if they start your application and they see a bunch of errors, it's not going to make it to the point where they're going to look at the art. You're going to be out early. Yep, absolutely. You won't even make it to that process. So v- very good. Not to be harsh, guys, but really think that part over. It's really, really important. Um, and I'm going to add, sorry, one last thing, but anytime I ever hear someone and this honestly extends beyond art fairs or whatever, people looking for jobs, whatever it may be, whenever I've heard that someone's applied to 200 things and gotten zero, my instinct is there's something wrong with the way you're applying and that you need to take a step back, breathe, first assess, like, what are the best opportunities for me? Which ones fit me the best? And then really be rigorous about that process. So if you're doing 50, 80, 100, 200 applications and not getting in, but there's a possibility it's the content itself. There's a possibility it's the work or, or your skill set, but there's also a strong possibility it's the way you're approaching it. I would exhaust that before, you know, being like, oh my God, I don't, maybe I shouldn't paint still lives. I should do figurative. Like it might just be the way that you're applying and matching what you do to the other. There's another point here to artists who think that the more applications I send out, the better. Galleries and other art people talk to each other. It's not a big, uh, it's not a large world. And so if you're flogging your art everywhere and one gallery gets wind that, oh yeah, them, yeah, they applied to me too. Uh, right, that guy. Um, that's that's going to be the end. Galleries like exclusives. Uh, so do grants and residencies for that. They're always looking for unique. They're always looking for uh, uh, art that will appeal to their demographics, whatever those demographics are, and new and fresh and not shopped around. It's called burning the merchandise. It's called over shopping. 
if you just show the same work wherever you go, people are going to recognize it. People are going to recognize you. And it's like, it's not going to be a surprise for anybody to show your work. Just take it one exhibition or one application at a time. And uh, uh, that goes uh, regardless. Give the person the attention they need. Make it clear to them that you're not flogging your work all over the uh, all over the universe so that they can feel if they don't feel special, that's another thing. Yep. Agreed 100%. Into the delete bin. Yep. So really make them feel special. Guys, we're going to be right back with Alan. He's going to share more about how artists get the chance to exhibit with the same organizations annually. But first, a message from our sponsors. Artists, not sure about the next move in your career? Whether you're a talented emerging artist or a nine to five career artist looking for an upgrade, Superfine Art Fair is the boost you've been waiting for. Showcasing top quality work with the highest level of production in the industry, Superfine has been continually developed over the past seven years to become the number one art fair for independent artists in the United States. If you wanna make lifelong connections with collectors, if you're willing to learn new methods of marketing, and if you're able to make a plan and execute on it, then you're gonna fit right in with our business artist community. From the East to the West, there are plenty of opportunities to expand your arts career with Superfine. To apply for a Superfine art fair near you, visit www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. Mention the artist business plan during your qualification call and we'll take an additional $150 off of your booth fee for any city and any fair that you choose. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, we are back here with Alan Bamberger. So Alan, at Superfine, we see a lot of repeat artists at our fairs across the country or in the same city year after year, but not everybody either makes the cut the second time or it's not right for them the second time, whatever it may be. What can you do as an artist to better your chances of returning to exhibit with the same organizations? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is to sell art. Organizations like artists who sell. They like to show artists who sell. I'm not talking about grants and residencies here. That's a different. That, that's a different animal. But art fairs, they want people who are uh, successful. They want to pad their own reputations as being able to pick winners, galleries especially. Uh, so you want to be able to do that. And uh, another important point here is that uh, galleries in particular, they, they want assurances that the artists who they pick are in this for the long haul. It's not like they're going to do one show and it might be successful and then they disappear. So they have to figure out whether, uh, um, whether this can be a long-term relationship. Galleries do not want to have people asking them, well, whatever happened to so-and-so and and the gallery has no answer, they disappeared because that reflects back on the gallery. They're not good at picking winners. Um, And as far as the, uh, as far as art fairs go, if you have the art uh, and you make the sales, the art fairs are that people who apply to art fairs are kind of, uh, they regulate themselves. If they, apply to the art fair and they spend all that money and they sell nothing, chances are pretty good they're not going to apply again. If they sell well, chances are pretty good they will apply again. 
And so really, uh, it's, it's kind of more about the artists, but then all the other stuff that I mentioned also applies, uh, especially if it's an art fair where there's a lot of competition to get in, um, whatever you present has to be uh, appealing enough for the uh, judges or the selectors or whoever they may be to want to go ahead and show this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I like that point, right? Like, whether it's a commercial exhibition with a gallery, whether it's an art fair, whatever it may be, I mean, sell the work. So that kind of goes back in a way to following the instructions because, and also asking questions because we're very forthcoming at Superfine. We tell you like what sizes, price points historically sell. We help you curate your booth, but not everybody's going to do that, especially if they're strapped for time or they don't have the the typical resources that, that we might have. Um, so ask the questions like, what, you know, what sells, what's your, what's your collector's budget normally? What, you know, tell me about the past exhibitions and then do your absolute best to tailor without compromising your work, tailoring to that audience, that, um, that platform, um, that's going to be your best chance at having success from the jump. Um, it's never a guarantee because your work is being introduced to a new audience, a new place, a new time. And every, every day is different. So we don't know, but you know, the best chance you can get is following those instructions and really, you know, getting like, like tailoring to the organization you're working with. And then once you've done that, selling is obviously, you know, what's going to bring you back on both ends of the equation. It's going to make you want to come back. It's also going to make the organization want to invite you back. So um, I agree wholeheartedly on that, Alan. Thank you. Right. And another, and another point for artists who may be applying to an art fair for the first time, take a look and see, art fairs usually, if they don't, there's a problem, but art fairs usually list all of their exhibitors. So take a look back at two or three years of the, uh, of the, of the, take a look back at two or three years of the exhibitor list and see how many return exhibitors there are. If a fair has a good percentage of return exhibitors, that means it's a pretty good fair and people are able to sell there. If a fair has only one or two return exhibitors out of 100 exhibitors, that's a fair that might not be moving the merchandise. Yep, agreed. And I wanted to add one thing on here, and I, I had a follow-up question, which is why is that beneficial? And I still want your perspective on that, Alan, but I'm gonna add mine as well, if that's okay. Um, so returning to, you know, a successful exhibition opportunity in the year after year or every two years or on some regular schedule um, benefits you greatly um, because you build and grow a collector list that expands each time because your collectors from one fair will then or one event will then invite their friends with your prompting, with your asking and reminding, will then invite friends and family and then so on and so on. And you get new collectors that have come in off the street and so each year you come back, they start to anticipate you being there. Um, so I get a lot of artists who will do super fine. And let's say they'll do LA and have a very successful show in LA. And they'll be like, oh my God, I really want to reach the fill in the blank audience. I want to reach the New York audience. I'm going to do New York next time and I'm not going to do LA. I'm like, that's great. Like totally, you know, I get the desire to expand and whatnot, but there's so much value to returning. And you might reach a point where you're like, okay, I've really like everyone I know in the city has my art. I mean, I don't know if that'll happen for anyone, but, but I really believe that returning and growing your list. Let's say you make 10 collectors the first year, you add 
you know, five more the next year and five more the next year and five the next year. After five years, you've got 50, 60 collectors in a city, plus whoever comes in for that event that you've never met before. And it's such a great opportunity to grow and have them, you know, anticipate and be excited about you being there in person with your art every year. So I, I find it very beneficial to return to a city. Um, what are your thoughts, Alan? Yeah, there's another reason about uh, why returning is a good thing. And that's that people see you over and over again. And every time they see you, it's like, this is an artist who looks like they're serious. People just, many people do not just go in and they see a new artist and they know nothing about them and go, unless the art is uh, very affordably priced, typically, they don't go in and say, oh man, oh, that's great. Here, I'll take that one, bag it up. They want to wait and see. They want to go home. They want to research the artist. To see the same artist over and over again at a particular fair means the fair likes them. They like the fair. Uh, they are dedicated to being an artist. They have made the decision. Um, these are these are aspects that make buyers feel more comfortable, that they're not just throwing away their money. It looks like this artist is here to stay, and I want to be a part of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And and I think it's very important as artists, we take stock and realize that, you know, this is the ultimate luxury good. It's something that, you know, I, I would argue that everyone needs art in their lives, but it's it's a it's a tough argument because, you know, we need food, we need water, we need shelter, but art is something we add on. So, and it's expensive. It, I mean, it, it's, it's worth it, but it's expensive. So somebody may not, you know, drop 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, $5,000 on the first shot, you have to think of like a four-day event or a two-day exhibition or whatever it may be as an introduction, not necessarily as the be-all, end-all, like, you know, flying off the shelves, clearinghouse event. It's like people might meet you that one year and then the next year they buy your work. They may also buy a small print the first year, frame it, live with it on their walls. By the way, I've done this dozens of times with artists bought something very small for like a hundred dollars, 125. I'm looking in my, actually in my apartment in Mexico city at a huge painting by an artist called Horacio Quiroz that I paid $8,000 for. But how did I get that painting? I met him eight years ago. I bought a hundred dollar sketch from him, proceeded to buy more and more sketches, bought another painting in New York for about half the price of this one, bought this one in Mexico about a year ago, two years ago. So it like really happens that way over the course of time and develop relationships. So thinking of it like your exhibition and an art fair or a gallery as day one in a lifetime of relationships. So I think that's such a, such a good point, Alan. Thank you for sharing it. Um, okay. So we have come to the end of the podcast. Unfortunately, I could probably go on for another hour here. Um, this has been really, really helpful for the artists out there. Alan, let's bring it home for the listeners. How can our artists reach out to you to talk to you, to schedule a consultation or anything else you can offer them about how to better exhibit their work? I run the website artbusiness.com. I have tons of free articles for artists on there about every aspect of the art business, hundreds of pages. There you can click the contact and find out how to get in touch with me. I offer a variety of services for artists. You can also follow me on uh, Instagram. It's at my name, at Alan Bamberger, um, where I primarily cover art shows in the San Francisco area, but I also post articles. And my coverage of art shows 
is a little bit more than your typical coverage because I will mention business-related observations uh, that you might not get from other uh, people who review or critique art shows. So it's, uh, it's worth checking out. Guys, did you catch all that? There's a lot of great ways to get in touch with Alan and artbusiness.com. Uh, if you didn't catch it, I highly, highly encourage you to go back, listen to this episode of the Artist Business Plan. Again, there's some really, really good tips and value bombs in here. Um, you can check that out on our website at www.superfine.world. Oh, oh. I, the, um, I also I have a book out called uh, The Art of Buying Art. Uh, it's worth a read. It's primarily for people who buy art. Uh, it starts from a standing stop, no previous knowledge required. But if you read it sideways or backwards or whatever, as an artist, you can understand what people look for who buy art so that you can be prepared uh, with that information uh, to increase the chances of selling something. So guys, check that out, the art of buying art. And again, you know, to catch all this, again, there's a lot of information, a lot of resources here. Again, visit our website, www.superfine.world, wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you can check this out as well. Uh, remember, artbusiness.com, that's Alan's website. Uh, be sure to follow Alan on Instagram again, at Alan Bamberger. Um, the name will be in the show notes as well. And you can check us out on Instagram at superfineartfair. We always appreciate it anytime you'll share whenever you're listening to, enjoying, uh, benefiting from the tips and tricks on the artist business plan. And if you can uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, if you get a chance, we are on many different platforms, but that's probably our number one platform. Anytime you leave a review or a rating, it takes two seconds and it helps other artist entrepreneurs just like yourselves find Superfine and the Artist Business Plan and be able to benefit from our and our guests' perspectives. Um, as always, I want to wrap up the masterclass by sharing a quick quote with you all. And that quote today is, we must learn to apply all that we know so that we can attract all that we want. And that is by Jim Rohn. Alan, thank you so much for joining us again on another episode of the Artist Business Plan. We're grateful to you and have a wonderful day. Thank you and great speaking with you. Take care. You're welcome. The pleasure is all mine. Everybody else, have an awesome rest of your day. Remember to stay on top of your Artist Business Plan. Get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Artist Business Plan. Hosted by me, Alex Mito. And me, James Milley. Join us each week to hear leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas discuss tips and tricks designed to help you thrive and sell more art. To listen to this episode and all of our past episodes, just visit www.superfine.world and click the Artist Business Plan. And we love to hear what you have to say, so just follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message just to let us know you're listening. Want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Go to www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. Until next time, keep listening, keep creating, and keep up your artist business plan.